Hello and thank you for downloading the East Devon District Council Waste and Recycling Podcast. This is our first podcast, so we'll try not to bore you too much. Um, We've been thinking about what sort of things you might like to hear about, and today we're going to talk about where the recycling that you put in your green box goes to and what happens to it. So we'll try not to keep it too long. We'll try and keep it brief and exciting. (laughs) Uh, This could be called the Steve and Steve Show because my name is Steve and the new member of the team is also called Steve. So here's Steve. Introduce yourself if you would like to. Yes. Hi, I'm Steve. Um, Hello, Steve. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Right. So I thought what we'd do first is I would go through uh, a few materials and explain to you what happens and then after that, Steve will um, carry on with some more materials. So, first of all, we start off with paper. Paper is put into your green box, hopefully, your green recycling box, which is collected weekly. And the paper that's collected by our contractor goes to a paper mill in Norfolk, in Kings Lynn. Um, approximately 12.5 million tonnes of paper are collected each year, or are used each year in the UK. That's not just us that's the whole of the country so you know if if we're using that much paper we need to to recycle it and once it is at the paper mill what happens is that the the paper is pulped in a tank and this separates the fibers and and then filtered so like things like paper clips and and other things are separated from from the pulp and then the pulp is cleaned and de-inked and this is usually in like a a spin in like a, a cone-shaped container Um, and then what's left is pumped onto a machine and then goes through the heated rollers so it then becomes paper again so that's what happened to your paper and your paper will be recycled usually they're recycled back into newspapers uh, and other sort of office paper as well I think you get recycled toilet paper as well (laughs) that may just be me thinking that but I think you can Okay. Uh, we also take textiles at the curbside, and textiles means um, old clothes that you might have. Uh, what else is there? Blankets, curtains, and towels. We don't take things with fillings in them, like cushions. Uh, we will take the cushion covers, but we won't take the stuffing inside. Um, so, yep, you can put out the, the covers, and that goes for duvets as well. Uh, If you have any good clothes, then obviously we would recommend that you give them to a member of the family or someone, or like a charity shop, something like that. Um, There's many ways that you can uh, pass on good clothes that that you don't need anymore, grown out of even. Um, Schools, sometimes you can uh, put your school uniform back into the school so uh, children that are coming into the school may be able to use them. But if if you can't find a use for them, you can always put them into your green box and they are then taken by our contractor and used abroad. Our contractor is Elm Tree and they're based in Dorset and they ship some of the good stuff abroad so people in poorer countries and poorer areas can use them. And anything that's left, so any sheets or anything like that, um, can be shredded and used for rags or soundproofing. So... um, for example, in cars and recording studios, things like that, the soundproofing in the room can be made of shredded textiles. So there we go. And they also take the textiles from the banks that you might see in and around the, the car parks in East Devon as well. So, moving on, still, we have glass. And glass from the curbside is taken to Yorkshire by Berrimans. 
it's crushed into small pieces and that's called cullet and then it's melted in a furnace and that's really hot that's over 15,000 degrees no it's not 1500 1500 degrees celsius and that, that's very hot and this makes it into a liquid glass and then the liquid is just made into more glass and recycled that way and glass is really good because glass can be recycled indefinitely so with other uh, materials it sort of breaks down over time and you might need to add uh, more material into it but glass can be just recycled and recycled indefinitely which is really good you right, steve yeah, that's it. Okay. Am I boring you yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last one now is food waste before I hand you over to Steve. And food waste in East Devon goes to Somerset, to Walpole, and it goes to an anaerobic digester. Now, an anaerobic digester is a big vessel. Um, the food goes in there and the, the, the vessel is oxygen-free. And then the liquid food waste is heated... The, sorry, the liquid and food waste, because liquid is added to the food waste. And it's heated to around about 30 to 35 degrees Celsius. And then it's mixed, so there's paddles that go round um, to, to mix it all up. And it stays in there for around about 30 days. And that's where the, the microbes help to release the methane, uh, which is then a biogas. And then this gas and the digestate, which is the liquid, are extracted, so they're, they're separated from each other, and the biogas gets used to generate energy in the form of turbines, which is then in turn sold um, to the natural, the uh, national grid, for you know electricity. The remaining digestate is treated to separate the solids from the liquids, and the liquid is cleaned and goes back to the sewer, whilst the solid digestate is recycled back into agricultural land as fertiliser. Okay, there you go. It's interesting stuff. Yeah. So that's what happens to all your Christmas turkeys and things. Talking of which, I have some figures for you. From the 29th of December last year, so it's the 29th of December 2014, to the 31st of December 2014, which is only a few days, we collected, in East Devon, we collected and disposed of over 88 thousand kilograms of food waste so that's about 88 tons of food waste um, in just those few days which is the same as half a blue whale wow. <laughs> <laughs> or 54 cars i've got more yeah 15 african elephants 195 polar bears 44,000 chickens 1,763 Jennifer Anistons. <laughs> How many Steves? <laughs> well, I, I don't know that. I haven't got that information with me. Or 13,000 spider monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite a lot of food waste uh, over the three days, but at least it's, it's doing something useful. Obviously, if people could think about what they are throwing out in the first instance, that would be better. You know, making sure you only buy what you need. Um, and some of the things that are good for that are having a shopping list, um, maybe not shop when you're hungry. That's, I'm always I'm terrible at that. If I shop when I'm hungry, the uh, shopping trolley is twice as full. So before I do hand you back to Steve, or over to Steve, I visited CETA a couple of days ago, and I've got a short clip of when I was in 
in CETA. That, that's our contract that collects our recycling. And we have the bays there. So it's where they store the recycling um, before it's taken away to, to the relevant places that I mentioned earlier. So have a listen to this and then we'll come back to Steve. Okay, so I'm here at Woodbury and this is where all your recycling goes to. There you can hear there's a vehicle taking some newspapers and magazines off and sticking them into the bays here. There's about one, two, three, four, five bays. Uh, it's kept really well. Um, I don't know what else to say really, just sort of hear some atmospheric sounds of it all happening. Over in the corner is where the food waste is kept, which is lovely. <laughs> There's not much else I can say, so back to you. Okay, so that was me, as I said, short and sweet. Um, and I'm going to hand you over to Steve now because I've done lots of talking and I'm getting on my own nerves. So, Steve, it's your turn. Cheers, Steve. Um, that was quite interesting there, just just listening to the sounds um, and having visited the CETA site. Um, it was quite a, a big site there where we take all of our recycling materials. Um, one of the uh, one of the main bays that we have there is is a huge um, area where we keep plastic bottles. Um, as as all residents know, we we recycle the plastic bottles, and um, we contribute to um, what amounts to fifteen million plastic bottles a day, which are used and disposed of um, in the UK. So it's an awful lot of plastic. Mm. Now. Um, when we, we send them over to CETA, they, they do get sent through to Avonmouth, so they, they head up the M5 um, and end up being separated, um, washed out. Although residents do wash out a lot of their recycling, they, they get another rinse over um, at the plant in Avonmouth and then get sorted into different types of bottles. So they, they tend to get colour graded um, into the different types of, of plastic bottles. Then they get shredded. Um, and melted down um, and basically reformed to make new um, make new products. So they get made into plastic pellets, which are then uh, reformed into things like fencing or plastic bags or more bottles. Cool. So that's um, that's uh, what we do with the plastic bottles. Can I just add on that, Steve? Because some people ask about plastic bottles of whether they should keep the the tops on them or not, and the answer is yes, please. Because if you can squash the bottle down, like squeeze all the air out of it and compress it to as small as you can and then stick the top back on, it stays in that small shape and that takes up less room on the vehicles that collect them because they can be quite bulky and full of air. So yeah, you can keep the bottles on those. Unlike um, the glass bottles and jars, we do ask the bottles to be taken off of those. So just added that in there. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, coming over onto... onto um Another stream of, of recycling we collect there from the curbside. We we collect uh, tin cans, um, both uh, steel and aluminium, so food cans and, and drink cans, and um, we consume a, an awful lot of um, an awful lot of drinks and food. With you might three point five billion, believe it or not, um, per year in the UK we we dispose of. Right. So there's a, a huge amount of material. 
and um, aluminium in particular, which is what you tend to find mostly in your, your fizzy drink cans. Um, fizzy drink cans? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or, yeah. or beer cans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, um, they are quite, quite a, well at the moment, that's quite a valuable resource. Aluminium itself um, is about ten times more uh, valuable than steel. So um, one of the things we do, we, we send all of our metals over to CETA processing as well. And um, they basically send the materials through um, a, a process which uses big magnets and separates out the aluminium from the steel. And uh, the aluminium in particular is then uh, shredded down. Um, it's melted at uh, 750 degrees C, so pretty hot. Not quite as hot as the glass there, is, yeah. but still pretty damn yeah, hot. That is hot. Uh, that then gets poured once it's it's molten into into moulds, and um, eventually gets flattened out further down the process um, and made into sheet material, which can then be reused to make new cans or other aluminium products. Even more interesting than that was your. Um Jamaican accent in that <laughs> when you said beer can beer can which is Jamaican for bacon obviously exactly thanks <laughs> for that uh, little interjection there Steve <laughs> right anyway moving swiftly on um, one of the other things which um, not it's probably not as widely publicised as it should be um, but one of the other things that we, we do recycle at the curbside are household batteries mm. Um, basically, if, if if anyone does want to dispose of household batteries, so we're talking about um, just your normal domestic batteries, not car batteries or anything too big, but anything that that comes in, a, you know, your mobile phones or um, remote control handsets or any kids' games, that sort of thing, any of those sorts of batteries which you, um, you'd like to dispose of. Like double A's, triple A's, those sort of things. Absolutely, yeah, yeah they, they can all be recycled. Um, we do have, um, if, if you were to contact the council and ask for battery recycling bags, we do have special bags, but they are essentially just small plastic bags that you can place your batteries in um, and put them into your green box. And those will then be separated out by the CETA crew um, once they get back to the yard and ultimately end up at a company called GMP Batteries uh, based up in the West Midlands. Uh, they basically have a, a factory up there. Um, where they'll um, they'll separate all of the they'll process it and, and reprocess it and, and separate out all of the uh, the useful materials and metals held within the batteries and um, those materials can be can be reused um, saves an awful lot of um, saves an awful lot of energy to recycle the batteries um, it does actually take believe it or not fifty times more energy to produce a battery than the energy actually contained within the battery. So Fifty it's, times. It's an, an enormous uh, investment, yeah, to make it, but just to make a battery. Wow. So um, obviously, anything we can do to uh, to recycle those um, will will help um, in the long run. Yeah, rechargeable batteries as well. People can use, can't they? Which yeah, which it's, is quite good these days. Yeah, I, I use recyclable, uh, sorry, rechargeable batteries rather at home, um, mm. especially having two kids under five and the amount of toys that they have. Yeah. It's, uh, it, Saves saves the pennies as well. Well, you can always tell them the batteries have run out, and so the noisy toys you can't play with them. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it it makes real sense to recycle the batteries if if people can remember. Um, 
historically we used to put anything that went into the wheelie bin um ended up in landfill and so we you know an awful lot of batteries over the years have ended up being put into the ground which is uh, not particularly uh, environmentally friendly and all of the individual components of those batteries and including the metals some of which are harmful have obviously leach into the soil so um anything that can be done to uh, to avert from that um and recycling them will obviously help um, so basically, I think we've pretty much covered everything there that we do recycle, Steve, haven't we? I think the only thing to add, really, is aluminium foil as well. Um, that goes along with ah, the, t- yeah. the tins and cans um, that gets taken to the same place. Um, and yeah, if you if it's nice and if you can just wash the rubbish off of the the foil and then sort of scrunch it into a ball and put it in your recycling box, yep, we do take that as well. Yeah, so that pretty much uh, anything that hasn't been covered so far we we would class really as um as normal sort of uh, domestic refuse which can go into the wheelie bin um the the wheelie bin waste itself um obviously it's reduced uh, a lot over the years as we've recycled more and more and hopefully as time goes by we'll we'll reduce further still um and what we do with that, that, that also obviously gets taken from the curbside, um, see to take that away. And historically, like I said earlier, we, we did send that to, to landfill, um, which long term is, is not a sustainable solution for our um, domestic uh, municipal waste. So what we've, we've now started to do um, in the last few months is to, is to send our, um, our wheelie bin waste. Back to your house, Steve. To, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we have uh, we we actually send it to Exeter, believe it. Or oh, not. okay. Yeah, there's a there's a new uh, brand new um, energy from waste plant which um, we send it to now in Exeter. Um, so this is basically a plant where we um, we burn all of the of the waste. Basically, um, sounds like it might not be particularly environmentally friendly, but. Um, the, the modern incinerators which are used nowadays are a far cry from those that were used mm. historically. So we're not going to see a return to the uh, the, the 1980s scourge. I over. remember those. I remember seeing yeah. the incineration process and just seeing the clouds and the puffs of smoke and everything in the sky. Yeah. It was horrible. And people worrying about acid rain and things yeah. like that. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah. But um, the, the new facilities, they've, they've, they're sort of lined with um, lime and they have... Um, Various different um, devices built into them, special filters to, to filter out all of the na- or a lot of the nasties that, that used to get pumped into the atmosphere. So um, it's a lot cleaner now, and there's an, an awful lot of regulation that takes place to uh, to reduce harm to the environment. So um, yeah, basically the, we burn we burn the lot, and um, what that does it the the energy which which is created from from burning the waste. Um, is used to, to boil water essentially. Uh, that water is then used to produce either heat or um, or even electricity via huge steam generators. Mm. Uh, so it's it's a good use of the material which mm. isn't recycled um, to get something back from it. Um, and then that uh, electricity obviously can be, then be used for uh, domestic or, or business use and um, sort of offsets the uh, the costs then of, of running the site so it's uh, it's a really good way of um, averting putting our refuse into into the, into the ground basically and obviously avoiding landfill tax which is uh, 
quite pricey and it's something yeah. that we've, we've all paid for over the years. I think it's also important to, to, for people to understand that even though waste is going to an energy from waste plant and it is getting turned back into energy, we still people have to pay for that. It still comes out of the council tax. The plant itself is not a huge plant, so we, we still have to limit the amount of waste that we put in there. Yeah. Um, and also that you know some of these products um, are finite resources as well, so things like... Uh, oil for plastic bottles you know there's not an endless supply of that so the more we can recycle the better for the, the planet as a whole and even if, if you're not interested in that but just you know the money in your pocket if, if we have to keep paying for things to be disposed of the more council tax will increase and, and that's not good for anyone really. Yeah that's a really good point actually Steve. People might argue why if, if we're getting energy from the waste now why do we need to recycle but um it costs so much to make brand new materials from virgin sources, mm. so whether that be new paper from cutting down trees or, like you say, the you know making plastics from oil, it, it costs so much. The whole process behind that costs a lot of money uh, and it's, it's very harmful to the environment. So it is um, very much um, our intention, obviously, as a, as a council um, to meet our obligations and, and recycling targets, um, which is going to help... Um, help the environment ultimately and uh, anything that we can't recycle um, it's good that we can get something back from that as well yeah absolutely um, I think that's it really isn't it I th thanks for that Steve that was excellent very good uh, I think we've bored these people to death now <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to just go back to work uh, thank you very much for listening uh, please listen to the next one whenever we we do that but if you have any questions for us do drop us an email at waste, that's W-A-S-T-E, at eastdevon.gov.uk, and we might read your name out and your question and try and answer it best we can next time. Okay, thanks very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.